0: It is my prayer that these meditations presented today will truly touch your heart and show you that your life is worth living. Hello, my Radio Maria family, and welcome to another edition of Bishop Sheen Presents. And it is great to uh, have an opportunity to speak about the Holy Rosary today. And uh, again, I've been blessed to have Uh, hosted a rosary show uh, since uh, 2006, Uh, and of course um, have a small community radio station located in Waterloo, Ontario, and there I've been uh, hosting the rosary show uh, every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. for, again, (laughs) over 15 years now, and it's a real blessing to uh, pray the rosary with so many. And uh, when I came to do the Bishop Sheen Show with Radio Maria Canada, uh, I was blessed in that uh, we have the rosary every day, a couple times a day here on the station. And so I've been enjoying praying a little bit more than just on Sundays. So uh, great to have uh, so many rosaries uh, prayed uh, on the air. And of course, uh, even people that pray the rosary uh, through the on-demand uh, feature where they come back and replay some of the broadcasting uh, through the day uh, and enjoy it at the leisure of their uh, quiet time at home. And, uh, of course, uh, we need to pray more, that's for sure. And today, today's reflection, uh, Fulton Sheen will speak about the rosary. And, of course, uh, this is a reflection that um, some of you may have heard before. Uh, but still, uh, Fulton Sheen, if there's anyone to talk about the Blessed Virgin Mary, no one better than Fulton Sheen because he's written a number of books on the Blessed Virgin and uh, again uh, has a great devotion to her. And uh, it's very infectious, I like to say. Um, When I listen to Fulton Sheen, I want to become uh, a better son of Mary. And uh, we all are children of Mary. And uh, that beautiful moment at Calvary when our Lord uh, said those words to, uh, again, from the cross, woman, behold your son, and to the apostlely love, behold your mother. At that moment in time, we all became children of Mary. And so uh, let us rejoice and be glad. But uh, let us uh, rejoice and be glad that we have a great teacher in Fulton Sheen to share with us this message on the Holy Rosary. So may I invite you just to sit back and relax and enjoy this reflection from the Venerable Sheen on the Holy Rosary.
1: Bishop Shad and fathers and sisters and all friends in Christ. He told you my age and I will now give you the secret. I use palm olive soap. there is also another secret how do we I didn't intend to talk about this but here I am he brought up the subject how do we judge age we judge age by the distance from the source of life our parents for example a boy of ten is older than a boy of eight because he's two years more distant from the source of life his parents. Or to put it in other words, the boy of eight is younger because he's closer to the source of life his parents. Now we have another source of life, which is God. So the closer that we get to God, the younger we become. On the day that saints day die, we call that their birthday, natalizia, birthday. They were born to the Lord. So at any rate, I have been trying all these years to get a little closer to the Lord, and if I am, then I am in a nursery. The subject that I have chosen to talk about at this conference is the Rosary. That means, of course, the Blessed Mother, but not exclusively. As the Church ceases to be holy, it loses the love of the Blessed Mother. And the more we return to a love of the Blessed Mother, the more we love the Church. Because the Blessed Mother is the symbol of the Church. As a matter of fact, on the cross our Lord was the new Adam and she was the new Eve. He was the bridegroom and she was the bride, being the Church. Now the rosary as we know it, we generally have of course just the five decades. But it's a prayer that has a beautiful combination. I don't think there's any prayer in the world that has the combination of the rosary. First of all, it is vocal. We say some prayers with our lips. Secondly it's mental. Because as we say, for example, the Hail Mary we are not so much concentrating on the Hail Mary we are thinking about the mystery I will explain those later on It's very much as if we were in a theater and there was beautiful music in back of a speaking voice the speaking voice is the Hail Mary. The music behind it is the meditation. Then in addition to the mental, the prayer, the thought and the vocal, the prayer itself, there is the physical. the movement of the fingers over the beads. Did you know that after World War one, One of the therapies that was used for soldiers was to teach them knitting. It seemed as if nervous energy of the body passed out through the fingers, as it actually does. So, the very movement of the fingers is in itself a kind of a cure. And furthermore, the combination of these three make the perfect prayer Uh, one missionary told me that when he was in prison in China he was in a very narrow cell and he was not allowed any reading of any kind and could not have a rosary but he found in the cell on the floor a small piece of bamboo and he broke it up into ten pieces And he would put the ten pieces of bamboo at one end of the cell. And then, as he said the rosary, he would move one piece of bamboo over to the other side of the cell. The jailer thought he was crazy. But it was that that kept him sane. Some Protestant missionaries from China told me that they envied the priest because they were so tortured in prison. It was very difficult to say prayers. You know when you've had a high fever, you will recall it was difficult to pray. But when you had something in your hand, like a rosary, you were able to concentrate more. And these Protestant missionaries said they envied the priests who could say the rosary, and therefore have a sequence of prayer which was denied them on account of the tortures they suffered. I had a convert a few years ago. He was a soldier in the German army. He told me that he was in a shell hole with a number of German soldiers who were Catholic. And he says these German soldiers, constantly under shell fire, kept saying the rosary. He was a Jew. So he learned, after a while, how to say the rosary, just by listening to them. But he never joined in. And a shell hit them, and all everyone was killed except himself. And he picked up the rosary, and something told him to leave that shell hole. And he left it, went to another, and. A voice said, get out of this shell hole, and immediately there was an explosion. He went to four or five different shell holes, received a voice warning, to leave it. And each time that he left it, a shell exploded there, and he promised that if his life was spared, he would become a Catholic. And he came to me to receive instructions. I was instructing a class in Washington, D.C., convert class of about four or five hundred people. And after one of the instructions on the rosary, a young man and young woman came to me, and neither of them were Catholic. And she was this lady. she said, well, I've heard this instruction on the rosary. Now I never will be a Catholic because I don't believe that anybody who keeps saying the same thing over and over again is sincere I would never believe him and I said who's this young man with you she said my fiance I said does he love you she said yes I said how do you know he told me When did he tell you? We're coming here to this hall. Did he tell you before? Yes, he told me last night when we had a date. Did he ever tell you before that? Yes, every night he tells me he loves me. I said, I wouldn't believe him. I don't think he's sincere. Now, I said, that's exactly what the rosary is. We are in a new moment of time. And a new moment of space. So we keep saying to our Lord and to the Blessed Mother, I love you, I love you. I'm going to explain now the whole fifteen mysteries. That as I see it is going to take an hour and forty-eight minutes, no, not really. The three great mysteries are the joyful, the sorrowful, and the glorious. The joyful is about the mystery of being a Christian. The sorrowful, the mystery of suffering. And the glorious, the mystery of our faith. Now to explain the three. I will try to explain them as a unit. The joyful mysteries, you know what they are. The annunciation, the visitation, the nativity, birth of our Lord, presentation at the temple, and the finding of our Lord in the temple. These joyful mysteries are the mystery of being a Christian. In the joyful mysteries, God sends out an angel that passes over the plains of Esdraelon, comes to a virgin kneeling in prayer, and says, Will you give me, give God, a human nature? God wishes to become a man and the Blessed Mother when told that it would happen through the Holy Spirit said she would give God a human nature now something like that has happened to each and every one of us one day Christ says to us Will you give me your human nature? Mary gave me hers. And that human nature that she gave me was united substantially with my divinity. Now yours will not be united in the same way but it will be united with grace. So if you will give me your human nature our Lord says to us I will work through you. That's the way I work through the human nature that Mary gave me. The human nature that Our, Our Lady gave Our Lord was very much like this pencil in my hand. Here I have a personality. Pencil is, is not a person, it's a nature. And when God's person, second person of the Trinity, came down and took that human nature That human nature that our blessed Lord took was so flexible in his hand that he did everything in accordance with the will of the Father. So when God asks you, as he did, for your human nature, he wanted you to be like this pencil in my hand. If I want this pencil to write the word God, it will write the word God. it's that flexible suppose this pencil had a will of its own and said I want to do my thing and when I wanted to write the word God suppose it wanted to write the word flee I couldn't do anything with it useless pencil so if we're perfect Christians Like our Blessed Mother gave the human nature to our Lord, we give our human nature to our Lord, and he uses us. Now, you often wonder, why, for example, do some people have more influence than others as Christians? It's because they're more closely united with our Blessed Lord. He can do anything with them. And that's what makes us happy. For example, this my finger upright is the will of God. My finger horizontal is my will. When I put my will against the will of God, what do I get? I get a cross. In psychological language, that's a complex. I get all crossed up. one of the reasons why so many people are mentally disturbed they're, they're disobeying God's laws and they're upset on the inside so as we say these glorious mysteries we have the annunciation the Lord saying will you give me your human nature the incarnation we give it and as Mary presented the human nature of our Lord to the heavenly father she really abdicated her child In a certain sense, she gave up her motherhood. She just simply said, Whatever God's will is, that'll be my will. And then, she became, because she was so closely united with our Lord, she became, at that moment, the mother of sinners. Now, that's a title which seems difficult to understand because our Blessed Lady was Immaculately Conceived. What does she know about sin? She knows a great deal about it. What is sin? Sin is the loss of God. Now, our Blessed Mother lost her Divine Son for three days, and she came to know what sin was. Every boy at the age of twelve thinks of of running away from home. And the divine child thought of the same thing and he ran away from home at the age of 12. And she found him in the temple. And the Blessed Mother is always seeking us out as the mother of sinners. So when we give ourselves to her and abdicate our own will, even if we should get a bit off the road, she runs after us. Now, I am distracted for the moment. I wish you two children would come over and sit down here. Hmm? Come on, I don't like to see you stand. These are the 75-cent seats. They're so the best seats we have. And they have cushions on them, my like girls. And the other people don't have cushions. That's right. Sit down there. Down. You need not kneel. Sit. That's right. Is anyone else who would like a 75-cent seat, they're very welcome also. Now I'll tell you a story to illustrate what it means to be a Christian and how the Blessed Mother seeks out souls as she found the child in the temple. On one of my visits to Lourdes, and I've been there 30 times, I went down to the grotto just before leaving, the train left at nine o'clock, and I went down at eight to say goodbye to Our Lady. And then I said this unusual prayer. I said, Blessed Mother, send me some suffering. I want to save a soul. Now if you think prayers are not answered, you just make a prayer like that, and you'll be surprised how quickly that's answered. So I hurried back to my room at the hotel I ran up the first floor Somebody was following me Ran to the second floor Someone following Third floor Someone following Ran down the corridor to my room Someone following me Turned around It was a young girl about 21, 22 I said, are you following me? She said, yes And I said, why? She said, I don't know I saw you this afternoon in procession and I just decided to follow you. I said, are you making a pilgrimage? No. She said, I'm an atheist. Oh, I said, you're not an atheist. You probably are a fallen away Catholic. Well, she said, maybe, but I'm an atheist now. Why did you come here? She said, I came down with a busload of people from Holland. There were 50 of us. And we were going to the mountains of the Pyrenees And I just decided to stop off here at Lourdes. And the other 49 went on to the mountains. I said, I think you're my trouble. And I'm going to stay in Lourdes until I get you back to the faith. So I stayed there for three days and finally got her back into the church. And then my trouble started. Now Paris in those days, was about 12 hours from Lourdes on the fast train. I think I got thrown off that train at least a dozen times. I speak French. My tickets were all in order. The conductors would say the tickets were no good. They would put me off in a tiny little town. Restaurants would be closed. Couldn't find a place to sleep. It took me three days of torture to get back again to Paris. But that was the price that I had to pay for saving the soul. So you see, the Blessed Mother used me as that little pinsper. What was curious about this whole event was, we didn't know it at the time, but the bus fell off a bridge in the Pyrenees and all the 49 were lost she was the only one who was saved now this is the first mystery the mystery of being a Christian giving ourselves completely to our Lord the second mystery our mystery is sorrowful they reveal to us the mystery of suffering Now the sorrowful mysteries are the agony in the garden, scourging at the pillar, the crowning of thorns, the carrying of the cross, and the crucifixion. See, all suffering, I say the mystery of suffering. We never have suffering explained in the scriptures. God never explains it. And we never have any explanation of evil. It's just there. We are confronted with it. We do not go out to understand it objectively. It's, evil is very much like a brick through a window. We had never expected it. The very beginning of Genesis. We read, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Then, the next line, there was a chaos and darkness over the earth. Imagine. God makes the earth and then it's a mess. That's just like saying you made an angel cake and it turned out to be devil's food. (laughs) How did this chaos get into, into the universe? We don't know. And in the book of Isaiah, we read, God did not make the world a chaos. I think it was probably due to the fallen angels. When something goes wrong with the big wheels of the universe, then all the little wheels, too, get out of order. So evil is just here and suffering. So we ask. We rebel, even. And say, well, does God know anything about suffering? Did God ever have a migraine headache? If his head were crowned with thorns? Does God know anything about hunger? Did he ever go without food for three days? Or seven? Or nine? Does God know anything about thirst? does, Does God know anything about the 50 million refugees at the end of World War II? Was he ever a refugee? Was God ever in prison? Does God know anything about the wounds of those who were brought into the accident wards of hospitals? Does God know the agony of a heartbreak? Yes. God was in Christ taking upon himself the sufferings of the world. Our blessed Lord was our stand-in. He took our place. We deserve death because of sin. Our Lord came and said, I will stand before my Father as the one who was guilty. And all of the punishment that should be meted out to them can now be meted out to me. So that no one can ever say does God know what it is to suffer? We can follow his footprints. It was well, not anything that he deserved. It was what we deserved. For example, during the last World War, there were some prisoners at the Burma Road. They were under the control of the Japanese. At the end of a work day, a Japanese commander found one shovel missing. He said that if the shovel was not returned within five minutes, ten men would be shot. The shovel was not returned within ten minutes. About two minutes before the ten, one man stepped forward. He was clubbed to death. When they got back to camp, they found all the shovels. Vistler offered himself, though he was not guilty. Now that's what our Lord did. So we meditate in the sorrowful mysteries on the sufferings of our Lord, the agony in the garden, which was mental. The agony in the garden was probably much more terrible than the crucifixion. Because here you have innocence taking on guilt. So that he drew from his body a bloody sweat the scourging of the pillar to make up for all the sins of lust and impurity in the world crowning of thorns to make up for all the sins of pride carrying of the cross for the shifting of responsibilities and finally the crucifixion begging our pardon Father forgive them they know not what they do not wisdom that saved it was ignorance so here is the mystery of suffering now let us apply this to ourselves some suffer economically others socially others physically others mentally No one is ever to think that it is because of their sins that they are suffering. But if we apply these mysteries of suffering to ourselves, we will begin to see that God, our Lord, has two attitudes toward us. Over the most of us, he just raises his hand in blessing. over some of us he lays his hand touches us and leaves a scar some of us are volunteers those who give their lives in penance for the sins of the world others our Lord conscripts he doesn't ask us will you suffer with me for the redemption of the world no we are just like Simon of Cyrene the long arm of the Roman law reached out to Simon and said carry that cross Simon did not want the shame of carrying a cross then after a while he learned to love it I said our Lord calls us to suffering Now, I introduced you in the first conference to Luke. Now read St. Paul's letter to the Colossians. I think it's verse 24, chapter 1. St. Paul wrote this letter from prison. And he said, I fill up in my flesh. The sufferings that are wanting to the passion of Christ. Think of it. The sufferings that are wanting to the passion of Christ. Didn't Christ suffer all that he could? Did he not say on the cross, it is finished? How then could St. Paul say, I am completing, I am finishing... The sufferings that are wanting to the passion of Christ. It's because the sufferings of the individual human nature which our Lord took upon himself, that suffering was completed. But, and I said in the Joyful Mysteries, that all of our human natures are giving themselves to him and we have to relive that law of Calvary. So the sufferings that are wanting to the passion of Christ are not in his own individual human nature, it's in the Church. And that's why St. Paul completed the passage by saying, I fill up in my flesh the sufferings that are wanting to the Passion of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the Church. A couple of years ago, I was talking to the Holy Father, and I I said, uh, you are well-named Paul. Because I said St. Paul was driven out of Lystrape, Derbe, in Antioch Antiochus Pisidia stoned so you have been stoned by your own yes he said every night about midnight I open my mail and in almost every letter is a thorn and at night I put my head on the crown of thorns But I can't tell you what joy I have because I fill up in my flesh the sufferings that are wanting to the passion of Christ. So that our blessed Lord, therefore, is calling certain souls to continue his redemption. And when you visit the sick, Ask them to offer up a minute of suffering for you. Much more powerful than a prayer. Because suffering is transferable. Just as you can transfer a debt. The payment of a debt. So sufferings are transferred. Uh, If, for example, I were suffering from anemia doctors would transfuse blood from a healthy patient to me to cure me of that condition. If I burn my face, doctors would graft skin from another part of my body to my face to restore my pristine elegance. <laughs> now, if it is possible to graft skin, do you not think it possible to graft prayer? If it is possible to transfuse sufferings, is it not possible to transfuse sacrifice? And that is the great mystery upon which we meditate in those second series, the mystery of suffering. I think the tragedy of life is not so much what people suffer It's what they miss when they suffer. Now, I can talk about it. I had 12 years of it. Intense suffering. Not physical, but of another kind. And believe me, those are the best 12 years of my life. Because I learned something of the love of God, I became more closely united to him and it was revealed to me the mystery of continuing the redemption of Christ now I could give you many stories about it but let's see I started talking at ten past one and it's almost a quarter two ooh I don't want to be too long I heard of an Irish family that moved from Dublin to Boston one of the sons moved to Chicago the father in Boston died and the brother in Boston wired the brother the brother in Chicago wired the brother in Boston and said what were father's last words telegram came back father had no last words mother was with him to the end <laughs> so now we will hurry to the glorious mysteries the glorious mysteries the mystery of faith because they refer to the future faith is defined as the evidence of things that appear not So that for the glorious mysteries you have Resurrection Ascension Descent of the Holy Spirit The Assumption of Our Lady into Heaven And the Crowning of Our Lady As Queen of the Angels and Saints I once instructed This story just now comes to me Mrs. Irving Cobb. Those of you who are 39 Will remember the humorist Irving Cobb, And he died an atheist But his wife, Mrs. Irving Cobb, and his daughter, I instructed for the church, Buffy Cobb. And Mrs. Cobb came to the baptism of her daughter, Buffy, St. Patrick's Cathedral. And I noticed at the moment I poured the water that Mrs. Cobb left the cathedral. And I thought, well, maybe she's an old lady and she's sick and... And that night, Buffy called me, and she said, Did you notice how quickly Mother ran out of the cathedral? She said to her, The the baptistry was filled with a golden light, and she could hear a voice saying, Your daughter is now a child of God. And she became frightened. But I later on instructed Mrs. Cobb. And after I gave her First Communion, she came back with a rosary. She said, I understand all this part here but what do you do with the tail? <laughs> well, it's not a tail, it's like a trunk of the of the elephant It's what you start the rosary. That's the self starter. Now the resurrection and the ascension and so forth. This is the mystery of faith. See, our faith is grounded on this notion. Unless there's a Good Friday in our lives, there will never be an Easter Sunday. Unless there's a cross, there will never be an empty tomb. Unless there is a union with Christ on Calvary, there will never be an Easter. So that we are always living in anticipation of something that is to come. Most people's lives are led very much like detective stories. They pick up a detective story and they they read it and uh, they never know how it's going to end. And that's the way their lives are. Our lives are more like the great classics of literature, like Homer, like Shakespeare. Uh, They will open by simply telling you this is going to be a story of the tragedy of a wasted love. But it's made so interesting that you can't stop reading it. So we know the end at the beginning. That is why we think about the resurrection and ascension. And the Blessed Mother being assumed into heaven. Our faith is a great adventure. We know that if we have trials in this life and suffering, well, that first mystery is going to give us the resurrection. And the resurrection of body as well as soul. And we know that we're going to ascend with Christ. Even, even the descent of the Holy Spirit. That is what is called in the scriptures an arabon. In Greek it's a down payment on our future life. That word was used among the Greek people. Who would sell goods and, as we do today and say, well, all right, we'll put down $20 down payment on this purchase of $100. So St. Paul tells us that the Holy Spirit which we receive is a down payment of Christ on the glory that we are to receive later on. Our Blessed Mother's assumption into heaven. Why was she assumed into heaven? Because she suffered so much with our Lord. She fulfilled the law of Good Friday and Easter Sunday in her own life so perfectly that naturally her body should be assumed into heaven. So that we have... Talk about women's rights. Why don't we ever talk about the Blessed Mother in heaven? There is no other creature, pure creature, in heaven but the Blessed Mother. Christ is God with a human nature, but Mary is a creature with a human body and queen of the angels and saints there to intercede for us so our life therefore is an adventure I can remember I crossed the Atlantic about 30 times by boat and oh 100 times I suppose by plane I never crossed the Atlantic by boat without being seasick never Do you know what Ring Lardner said about seasickness? He said, the first half hour you're seasick, you are afraid you will die. And the next half hour you're afraid you won't. (laughs) Well, I can remember two trips in particular. One trip, there was a dog on the top deck in a big cage. Nobody could go near the cage. And the dog would not eat during the entire trip snapped at people, barked, as unfriendly as any beast could ever be. On another trip, there was another dog in that cage. And a little girl used to come up a half a dozen times a day, feed the dog, and other people, passengers, would come up and play with the dog and so forth. Now this first dog is like so many people in this world that are on the sea of life and don't know where they're going. And so they snap at everybody else. They're unhappy. There's nothing really familiar to them. They're not at home here, and they'll never be at home in the next world. They have no end. They have no purpose. Now, that the little dog must have said to himself I don't know where I'm going either I, I, but there are no familiar smells here no green fields and no fire plugs nothing that I recognize but this I do know that my little mistress would never have put me on this boat unless someday I was going to a port and so I put all my trust in her now that's what we do with our faith we know that someday there's a port we're going to arrive we know there's someone who is the captain of the ship and we never will fail so when we chant the glorious mysteries in the midst of the trials of this life we think of the intercession of our lady particularly as the queen of angels and saints who will always protect us in our weaknesses and in our failures. We have two lights in the heavens. The book of Genesis puts it God put two luminaries in the skies. One the sun for the day the other the moon for the night the sun is the symbol of christ and always think of christ when you see the sun you see he dies sunset and he rises francis thompson says the day is a priest and each morning the priest goes to the Orient Tabernacle lifts from out it the host raises it in benediction over the world and at night sets it in the flaming monstrance of the West one would be content to die if he could write a line of poetry like that so the sun is Christ Now, the other luminary that God put in the heavens was the moon. That's for darkness. The moon is the symbol of Our Lady. So, the moon is under her feet in the revelation of St. John in the last book of the Bible. The moon is for those in darkness. And I think in a special way for sinners. So that if we but look to her who is the moon and derives all light from the sun they will never, we will never fall into an abyss. Now this is the rosary. Say it say, say the 15 mysteries every day. You don't need to be on your knees. I think the rosary is a good ambulatory prayer say it while you're walking sometimes there are little knots in the steering wheel of a car count them if you got ten then you got a decade you can say a decade when you're waiting at the supermarket as they will add up the cost of 25 items when you bought ten you think they'll never stop but you've always got time for one or two decades if you play dummy at bridge you got in a decade and as you walk the streets carry the rosary in your fingers so that at the end of the day you've easily completed the fifteen decades now how this story got down to earth I have no idea but it seems that one day our Lord was walking through the courts of heaven and saw some souls that had got into heaven very easily and he went to Peter and he said Peter I have given you charge of the kingdom of heaven. How did these souls gain entry into my kingdom? Peter said, don't blame me, Lord. Every time I close the door, your mother opens a window. (laughs) So if you're devoted to Our Lady, you'll never lose your soul. And we say to her, in the language of Mary Dixon's there, lovely lady dressed in blue teach me how to pray God was just your little boy tell me what to say did you lift him up sometimes gently on your knee did you sing to him the way mother does to me Did you ever try telling him stories of the world? And, oh, did he cry. Do you think he cares if I tell him things? Just little things that happen. And do angels' wings make a noise? Can he hear me if I speak low? Does he understand me now? Tell me, for you know. Lovely lady dressed in blue. Teach me how to pray. God was just your little boy, and you know the way.
0: You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program. Bishop Sheen presents, hosted by Al Smith. Well, my dear Radio Maria family, I hope you enjoyed that reflection. Archbishop Sheen on the Holy Rosary. And uh, please know that we have the rosary featured uh, a number of times throughout the day. And if you're new to Radio Maria, well, welcome. And uh, please enjoy this. um, (laughs) I'd love to say that it's educational, it's formational, it's spiritual. Um, There's something for everybody here at Radio Maria. And uh, again, I feel blessed to be a part of this family. And so I've been glad you've been sharing uh, with me, again, your comments. Uh, I do read my mail. And uh, thank you for all the people who have phoned into the station over the years and made compliments. And uh, again, it is a labor of love that we do. Uh, I'm a volunteer like so many other volunteer programmers. We come to share what we have Because we love Jesus, and we love, of course, the Blessed Virgin Mary. And so, uh, Fulton Sheen, uh, again, everybody needs a little bit of Fulton Sheen. Uh, He sets us straight. He really is that great teacher. And it's a real joy to share his reflections each week. All right, um, I have a humble little website. I've been talking about it for a number of years now, uh, because I just love sharing The Wisdom of Fulton Sheen. Uh, The site is simply bishopsheentoday.com because we need Bishop Sheen today. And uh, there you can watch hundreds of hours of Sheen's video recordings from his television series, uh, his lectures. Uh, We have put up the archives of all my radio shows beginning from 2012. And so uh, you can listen to hundreds of hours of audio recordings for free. Uh, too And again, Fulton Sheen gave many talks on the Catholic Hour radio addresses and his lectures. So there's lots of content, that's for sure. And then, of course, we have a great book section. So um, again, everybody needs a good Bishop Sheen book in their own library. And so uh, there's lots to choose from. So please um, look through the resources we have. And by all means, uh I can get a book or two for your own personal library. And so there's lots there. So Bishop Sheen today.com. My dear friends, I pray that you have a great week and of course, uh, continue to pray the rosary each day. And so until next time we meet, may the good Lord continue to bless you and keep you. May the Lord let His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord look upon you kindly and bring you peace. God love you. You have been listening to Bishop Sheen Presents, hosted by Al Smith, here on Radio Maria Canada. As our program comes to an end today, I just want to remind you, if you haven't visited our website, bishopsheentoday.com, we'd, uh, of course, love you to do so. Uh, there there are hundreds of hours of uh, free videos of Fulton Sheen from his television years, uh, again, hundreds of hours of audio recordings that are free to download, and, of course, a great selection of books, and it's simply bishopsheentoday.com. Well, my dear friends, thank you again for joining me and uh, look forward to having you back next week here at Radio Maria Canada. And so until that time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord look upon you kindly and bring you peace. God love you. You have been listening to Bishop Sheen Presents, hosted by Al Smith, here on Radio Maria Canada.